Hi, I'm Sydney from Sulphur Springs, Texas, a student pharmacist at the University of North Texas System College of Pharmacy in Fort Worth, Texas. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Dave Dixon, Associate Professor and Director of the Center of Pharmacy Practice Innovation at the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Pharmacy, and Dr. Brent Reed, Associate Professor and Founder of the Atrium Cardiology Collaborative at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy, about using social media for professional development and to engage in dialogues about cutting edge developments in pharmacy practice. Greetings and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. My name is Stuart Haynes and my co-host today is Hoff Ann. We're both from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Hello and welcome. In this episode of Pharmacy Forward, we're exploring the role of social media for professional development purposes. Most of us turn to online social media like Instagram and Facebook to engage with our friends and family and to hear the latest celebrity gossip, but social media has become an increasingly important venue for engaging with professional colleagues about the latest developments in healthcare. Our guests today are Dr. Dave Dixon from the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Pharmacy in Richmond and Dr. Brent Reed from the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy in Baltimore. I've had the good fortune to work with both Dave and Brent on a number of projects over the years, but for many of you listening to this podcast, you may be familiar with them through their Twitter accounts. They both are very active on Twitter and through other social media venues with a relatively large number of followers. And I use the word relatively large because while some celebrities and our U.S. president have millions of followers, most health professionals who regularly engage in social media have thousands rather than millions of followers. Both Dave and Brent have a broad range of professional interests related to patient care and practice management, and I personally learn something new from them nearly every week. So I'm delighted to welcome them both to the Pharmacy Forward podcast today. Thank you, Stuart. Looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm really looking forward to sharing some of the things we've learned. So Dave, Brent, a few months ago in October 2019, you both published a review article in the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy entitled, To Tweet or Not to Tweet, a Primer on Social Media for Pharmacists. And I want to come back and talk a bit more about that article with you in a moment. But before we get started, I think it would be helpful to first define what social media is. Most people are aware of Facebook book as a form of social media, but social media can take many forms and is much more than just Facebook. That's absolutely correct, Stuart. Uh, I think there are many ways to define social media. Uh, Fundamentally speaking, social media is simply content that we create and share online. And that content can include text, photos, videos, and much more. From a more philosophical perspective, I really think that social media is ultimately about interaction and connectedness with others. And that's a big aspect that really drew me to engaging with social media from a professional standpoint. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I've certainly gained a lot just from uh, seeing the content that that people have created and shared online. But you know, I'd agree that the, the real value comes from those conversations that emerge and uh, really evolve in real time. Uh, whether that's on fast-paced platforms like Twitter um, or those that are designed for more rich content like blogs and, and media sharing platforms like Instagram and, and YouTube. But I think the distinguishing feature that they all have in common is that they're really intended for a far more public audience, which I think maybe differentiates them from some of the tools that you might use in, in sort of your day-to-day workflow or, or things that you might use to collaborate with a smaller group of people like Google Docs or Slack or a platform like that. Personally, I use Instagram and Facebook for those mediums that you specifically said to create and share and interact, like you mentioned. But I've also recently gotten into TikTok, but it's more just to see what's out there and I haven't completely figured out its value yet. So I'm curious how you first got started with social media as a professional development tool. Where did the initial spark come from and why did you decide to use Twitter to reach your audience? Yeah, so I think my first foray into using social media for professional purposes uh, was a blog that I created back in, in 2011 called The Unit. Um, I'd always enjoyed writing, and a blog really seemed like a great way to, to meld my interest in writing uh, with my experiences as a new practitioner specializing in uh, cardiology. Now, at the time, most of my readers were friends or, or colleagues who worked at my institution, but I started noticing more and more that, that traffic was coming from my posts being shared on Twitter and other social media platforms. Uh, at that time, I, I'd had a Twitter account for several years, but I really didn't start using it until that point. And I think what, what really appealed to me about the Twitter platform was uh, being able to interact with clinicians and researchers from really all over the country in real time. Whereas those blog posts, you know, they might have taken me days to potentially even weeks to write, making it more difficult to have uh, some of those lively conversations. And I'll admit, since then, I've been pretty hooked. So I first joined Twitter about eight years ago, really just to give it a try. I'm a bit of a tech nerd, so I tend to try out a lot of different apps and new technologies to see if they can help me either personally or professionally. Uh, The pharmacy and healthcare community uh, was much smaller back when I first joined Twitter around 2012, Uh, but I really realized over time that it's a terrific way to connect with others outside of my own bubble at my own institution and even within the pharmacy profession. So to Brent's point, I I really agree that it expands your network outside of of pharmacy, uh, not just across the United States, but even internationally. Uh, Twitter is my preference because I like the control that I have over the feed, and it really forces you to take complex information digest it, and share it in bite-sized pieces. So if I want to share my thoughts about a particular topic or journal article, it really forces me to really focus on the key points. And I really think in some ways, uh, my participation and engagement in Twitter has even improved my teaching as well. If you think about uh, working with students and trying to take complex clinical topics, being able to break them down into those small pieces, I think Twitter and engaging in social media uh, is very helpful in that aspect. So personally, I use Twitter, and I'm very involved with an online community of practice called iForumRx. 
as well as online message boards through professional associations like APHA's Engage communities to stay current with therapeutic topics that might impact the care of patients that I take care of and issues that are impacting the entire professional pharmacy. I'm curious how you use social media to keep current with your professional interests. What media and sites do you most commonly use? Who do you follow? And what general advice would you give to someone who's just getting started with social media for professional development purposes? That's a great question, Stuart, and one that I get quite a lot. I try to have a systematic approach, and so I have a a regimen where I'm going to check my Twitter account, at least in the morning and evening. I have a list of PharmDs that I like to follow, as well as other journals, professional societies, and even a few fun things, because I think it's important to make sure that you reveal your personality uh, when you engage on, on Twitter and other platforms. I like to bookmark tweets also that I might find useful later, particularly if it's a new study or a new uh, advancement in pharmacy practice, for example, that maybe I want to go back and read and and don't have time to at that moment. Of course, I like to follow people like my colleague Brent uh, here on the podcast, as well as other pharmacy leaders such as Sandra Leal, presidents of our professional societies. And I also like to look at leaders and thinkers in healthcare, such as Atul Gawande and Eric Topol. It's been really nice to see as well over time that more of our pharmacy organizations have become more involved and active on Twitter. So I like to follow them to keep abreast of what's going on with our professional organizations, as well as other journals within my own specialty area. I think if you're getting started with Twitter, I suggest starting with your professional societies that you belong to and your colleagues. And a consumption-only mode is completely fine in the beginning. Uh, I think it's important to get familiar with how Twitter operates and get more comfortable with it before you start to create your own content. Participating in a Twitter chat is another effective way of learning how to how Twitter operates. And again, it's it's fine to to be a lurker, you know, to not create new content and simply view others' feeds and passively look at information. And over time, as you get more comfortable, I think then it's, it's perfectly fine to start thinking about how and if you want to create content. And I think we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yeah, those are great points, Dave. You know, when, when I ask people um, what their barriers are to, to using social media, I think one of the most common things that I hear back is that, you know, it just seems too overwhelming or, you know, there's just not enough time to, to keep up with it. Uh, I think it can certainly feel that way. Um, but I think the the key is learning how to, to curate your feeds in ways that work for you, just as you uh, decide which news channels you're going to watch or which magazines that you're going to read. Uh, Dave mentioned one of my, my favorite tools for doing this, uh, Twitter lists, where you can separate and curate your feeds by uh, interest area. Uh, like Dave, I, I have lists for pharmacy and for healthcare, where I follow some of those prominent thought leaders in those areas. But I also have lists that are things unrelated to pharmacy, but things that I'm still interested uh, in learning about. I think another key thing that, that Dave mentioned that I, that I always recommend for those people who are new to social media and trying to figure out how to get started is to really start with those people who you already know, maybe some of those people that you look up to, and then see who those people are following, see who they're engaging with on social media so that you can really start building your network uh, in a more meaningful way. 
One thing I've noticed, Dave, is I when I'm attending professional conferences over the last few years, there are these announcements to use Twitter, or people are showing hashtags up there, or the at sign to you know obviously uh, engage or talk about someone at a at a meeting or a particular session, and people are posting information about the conference during the conference. And so I'm wondering why would anybody want to post about a presentation that's occurring at a conference, for example, or or the award ceremony? Uh, some might be thinking that this is just a big waste of time. So how can social media really enhance the conference experience? Sure. So this actually has a name and is referred to as amplified conferencing, which is essentially the idea that you have attendees at a conference and the conference may through traditional mechanisms and media, you know, disseminate what's going on at the conference. But with amplified conferencing, you're really in some ways relying on your attendees at the conference to share information. And Twitter is just a great tool that can be used for individuals to share what's going on at the meeting. And I look at it as a way of, of almost taking notes of, of what I find interesting or useful at the conference. And if I'm documenting, I'm, I'm sharing my thoughts on Twitter, taking uh, images or photos of some of the content that's being presented, then I can always go back to that later and really remember some of the key aspects of the meeting. I also think about people who are unable to attend. And in some respect, I feel like I'm like a reporter, you know, helping to disseminate key content from the conference to others who aren't able to go. And I myself have relied uh, on this a great deal uh, in a couple of instances where I wasn't able to attend the conference and there were some key presentations uh, being made. It was really great to be able to jump on Twitter and follow along and participate. Some societies even have designated live tweeters who are actually responsible for covering certain presentations. So I've been involved with a couple organizations where we've actually designated a key group that's going to be responsible for helping to disseminate some of the key presentations and findings of the conference, which, again, I think is just a great way for those who are unable to attend to still participate and, and be involved. I really like to see speakers share their Twitter handle on their slide their title slide. It's really a neat way to continue to have a conversation after your presentation with individuals that were in attendance. And quite often, as I'm sure many of you are familiar with, sometimes that question and answer session is maybe not quite as long uh, or in depth as we would like for it to be. So this is a really interesting way to kind of continue that conversation you know, after the presentation. So I find this to be a really fascinating way to use Twitter. So the two of you are just not lurkers, but are both content creators. I think the real value of social media is not just being a passive recipient, but similar to belonging in a professional association, we need people to be active participants. Seems to me that participation in social media can take many forms. So if I wanted to be more involved, what are some of your recommendations? That's a great question, Ha. You know, I'll be honest, that creating content, um, that original content, that that takes time. Uh, and I know it can be a little intimidating to, to put yourself out there. But I think what makes social media so interesting to me is that it's really just everyone sharing their own unique experiences. Uh, most people I know aren't, aren't doing social media full time. They're just 
sharing what they're already doing in their own practices. So maybe you've got a, a great figure that you've created for a lecture in one of the classes that you teach. You know, all you have to do is, is screenshot that and, and post it to Twitter. Uh, or maybe you've got a list of, of clinical pearls that you share with your rotation students each month. You could create a tutorial out of that. And going back to my analogy earlier about, you know, deciding what news channel to watch or which magazine to read, you know, really start with the things that are, that are valuable, that are interesting to you, uh, because chances are, if you think it's important, uh, there's someone else out there that does too. I think those are some great points, Brent. And I'll just add to that a couple other items that that I try to incorporate in to my Twitter practice. And so some simple things you can do is, if you want to retweet a post that you find interesting, you know, thinking about incorporating or adding your own thoughts, you know, why are you retweeting this post? What, what should someone else find potentially interesting? And in some cases, it, it may be, maybe you have a different perspective on what is in the post. So again, that's going to initiate that conversation. Another neat thing I've seen clinicians do is to simply jot down some clinical pearls on a topic using something simple like a whiteboard and then posting that photo on Twitter as a very sort of combination of low and, and high tech uh, to disseminate content. And that may even be something that you've created with you know, students on a topic discussion or, or something that you're already doing as part of your, your practice. I've personally found some of these to be very useful. And it's an interesting way, certainly, to engage with learners. I also recommend Twitter chats. Uh, I think I mentioned that a little bit before. I think everyone can contribute to the Twitter chat. And typically, the Twitter chats are organized by our professional societies. And even some of our journals are starting to organize Twitter chats. And it's a great way to do a sort of social media version of a journal club. And again, you're bringing in new individuals, new ideas, and it's a great way to connect with other people within your, your field or specialty area. Lastly, I'd just like to add that it's okay to show your personal or funny side as well in your post. Uh, don't take this too seriously. It should be fun. Brent and Dave, thank you so much for your recommendations and for joining us today uh, for the Pharmacy Forward podcast. Social media has provided a platform for health professionals to communicate with a large audience and allows us to disseminate information very quickly and engage in online conversations. However, social media use isn't a catch-all and there are limitations and risks to using social media for professional development purposes. So if you had to advise someone who wanted to use social media like Twitter for professional development purposes, what are some of your key recommendations you'd give your colleague? Yeah, so I think some of the key take-home messages are to one, you know, determine what your goals for social media are. And if you want to be a content creator, you know, figure out who that target audience is and, and what the best platform uh, for reaching them might be. Two, you know, create content that is interesting and, and particularly um, that it's easy for people to share. Uh, and then finally, every once in a while, uh, take a step back and really assess how you're doing on those social media goals. Uh, most of the platforms that we've mentioned today have really powerful built-in analytics features where uh, you can really learn from your experiences and use those to identify opportunities to grow in the future. Dave, Brent, it, it's been an honor to have you both on the Pharmacy Forward podcast and, and sharing with us your experiences using social media to enhance your practice and, and stay current on the latest developments in the field. 
like any other tool, social media must be used in a thoughtful way. So I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today and helping our audience get the most out of the social media content they consume. Yes, thank you. I've learned a lot. I may go on and start that Twitter account that I've always been thinking about. Thanks, Stuart and Hyde. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Same here. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Elizabeth Hearn, Elizabeth Yett, Bianca Lascano, Markeisha Cook, Ha Fan, Megan Brown, Lori Fleming, Josh Fleming, and Stuart Haynes.